Hi, this is Matt Spiro. Thanks for listening to Le Bourgeois. Don't forget, we welcome your comments on social media using the hashtag Le Bourgeois or via our email ligueandpodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy this week's pod and we'll be back very soon. A bientôt. Paris Saint-Germain against Montpellier at the Parc des Princes. Armel Tanguy is your commentator. Shimmy past Jordan Ferry, there's space on the far side for Mernier. Instead it's into Neymar who brought it down magnificently and Sarabia with an absolute wonder strike. Struggling at the moment, the visitors to make anything of this and Mbappe's through here. Dimitri Plateau has come and surely used an arm to stop Mbappe progressing. For the second consecutive game, Montpellier lose their goalkeeper to a red card. Sarabia. Great first touch, finding Di Maria, and Angel Di Maria makes it too. Danger not over yet for Montpellier. And it's gone in somehow. PSG 3-0 up before half-time. It's Congre, in fact, yet another own goal in this fixture. It's Garnagay and four men ahead of him. One of those is Neymar. Mbappe now played through by Neymar. Kylian Mbappe, so, so simple to make it 4-0. Mbappe now into the middle towards Kwasi Kozawa, and it's five. So Armel Paris Saint-Germain running out 5-0 victors in what was a fairly one-sided affair, particularly after the sending off of Dimitri Berto, the uh, Montpellier goalkeeper who clattered into Kylian Mbappe. How good, first of all, was this PSG performance? They beat a Montpellier side fourth in the league, going quite well, albeit dumped out of the Coupe de France by a fourth division side just a, a few days earlier. Yeah, it was a brilliant training exercise after the first 17 minutes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, great. Um, well, no, in fairness, PSG were... Could already have been 3-0 up for the sending off. Absolutely, you. yeah. Pablo Sarabia had a very nice but offside goal chalked off within the first three minutes and he was everywhere in the first 20 minutes Sarabia brilliant yeah, player scored, at the scored moment. a lovely goal yeah yeah but PSG yeah I mean they're an impressive side to watch at the moment no more so than what's his name that guy with the pink hair pink no. hair Nilmar no yeah. no, oh, no yeah. Nilmar used to play for Leon who <laughs> was not a bad striker yeah, but let's anyway, talk, let's let's let, let's get to the nitty gritty because <laughs> Neymar was involved. Uh, we'll talk about Kylian ba- Kylian Mbappe as well because PSG have won five 0 and yet everybody is talking about a couple of incidents. But um, one involving Neymar doesn't that show that now everyone has to find something to talk about because PSG's performances are so impressive that you can't just say that every week because that's not going to sell papers. Anyway, PSG were very impressive, but let's get on to Neymar and Mbappe. Neymar, in my opinion, has an absolutely every right to be annoyed at halftime. Just explain what happened. So what happened was Neymar was being, I won't go as far as saying assaulted because I think I do. Go back then, Armel. Let's go back to the history. Right. So 7th of December, PSG travel to Montpellier. They win 3-1. They come back from one down. Neymar and Mbappe are on their defence like a rash in the final 20 minutes. And once PSG go 3-1 up, Neymar, and I think it was Paredes uh, in Mm. Montpellier, just... Passed the ball between them about 30 times and that got Andy Delors back up. Andy Delors, the Montpellier striker, who's a bit of a fiery character. He clashed with Neymar in the tunnel at the end of that game. And so there was this extra hype about uh, Saturday afternoon's game where the two couldn't wait to meet each other again. So there was already a bit of bad blood. The idea that, there, that PSG lacked respect. 
Mm. And in particular, Neymar and, and Paredes lacked respect to the Montpellier players. And we already know that Ligue 1 players like to go for Neymar and it only makes him better. So one day they're going to find that out and maybe stop it. But they were going for Neymar throughout the whole of the first half. He was winning all of his personal battles. He embarrassed Teji Savanier on a, a few occasions. The same happened to Jordan Ferry. Anyway, the list goes on. Let's not mention poor old Arno Suke. Sorry, but what are you supposed to do? Sort of just stand back and admire him? I mean, I would, if I was a manager, I'd say go for Neymar. I mean, you've got to to stick to him like a rash, don't you? But I think you just, okay, I'm I'm not a defensive reference or anything. I'm not a professional football player. But I would just try my best to shadow him rather than just elbowing him and knocking him to the floor. That's my own opinion. Judging judging by a photo in L'Equipe today, you did try your best to shadow him at at, at his party last night. There's this photo where Neymar's wearing this white hat. I don't know if if anybody's got um, access to to L'Equipe. I'll tell you what page it's on. But the guy behind him, I'm sure it's Armel. But carry on, Arno. Come on. So, yes, to get to the reason why he would have been annoyed at halftime, Arno Suke was involved. Neymar was down in the corner flag. Two players coming onto him because obviously he can get past one without even thinking about it. And he does his... um, Classic little rainbow flick over the back of his head and over a Montpellier player. It hit the Montpellier player on this occasion, went out for a throw. And the referee, Jérôme Brizard, came over and basically told Neymar to just stop showboating. Neymar, quite rightly, said, what are you talking about? And then got a yellow card for it. What is he talking about? What? He has no right to say that. It's brilliant. It's not, it's not against the rules, is it? To PSG do a, tickets. A incredible. If that's, uh, we don't know for certain if this is everything that we've said, but we certainly can lip-read Neymar saying, I'm playing football. And at, at half-time, at at half he went in having a word with the fourth professional saying, what do you want me to do? I'm just playing football. I'm just playing football. Well, he was ranting in, in his native Portuguese. Was yeah. it Portuguese? It wasn't English? No, it was no, in it Portuguese. Wasn't it was Portuguese. Yeah. In Portuguese, right. and the fourth official said, mm. speak French, please. Yeah, which but, is great. Man, you get a yellow card wonderful. for that. Already, it's ridiculous mm. to get a yellow card for that. And the yellow card can lead to you being suspended, possibly for a final of the Coupe de France or a semi-final of the Coupe de la Ligue mm. or a final of the Coupe de la Ligue, rather, or a semi-final of the Coupe de France. And that is madness. Since when does a referee tell a player... Yeah. Yeah. How how he can play as as though sorry you must show respect to the opposition you know you're just pouring you know petrol on the on a potential fire here stop it, it it's madness if this is what actually happened Andy, it should, is uh, madness should Neymar sort of cut it out and play uh, no 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 I, I I I agree with with the lads here I think that it's it's um it's not on for a referee to to be doing that I think that there are other issues with Neymar obviously I mean <laughs> I'm not I'm not some kind of old school. Uh, you know, football manager from the from the seventies, but you know the pink hair. What's that all about? Um, <laughs> I the, think that's quite funny. If he's if, if he comes into the game I, I, to, I th- to show think, respect or I a lack of respect I, to Montpellier, it's brilliant. Neymar is a fabulous a footballer, hair. but all the other stuff that goes around it. I and and I was I mean I was in the press conference after the game, Thomas Tuchel, and I got the impression. Obviously, he was irritated as well. All this business of Neymar having this birthday party. Everyone has to dress in white at the Palais de Tokyo. <laughs> they have a game on Tuesday night. Now, okay, I really, I don't think that. I think it's a little bit, a little bit silly to say, oh, they're playing a game in two days, so they can't do something forty-eight hours earlier. But all this extra noise around it. it they're twenty-three-year-old kids. They're twenty-five-year-olds. Name what? 27? 20, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28 this week. I mean, up, yeah. no, but I, but, I but since when did we not go out for a drink and go to work no, the next day? Exa- exactly. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing that at all. I, I I just think that there is so much noise around Neymar and all this other stuff, which which ultimately, yeah, it's what you when you're a writer. I was at the game writing about it. When you're there, 
of course, you talk about all the other stuff around the game. You're not going to write 600 words about so-and-so did this and, 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 and put a shot wide. You talk about pink hair. You talk about the Kobe Bryant tributes. You talk about the way he riles up opponents. You talk about the, the incidents at halftime. It's great. But and it is the story of the match. It's the story of the match, yeah. But well, along with the Kylian Mbappe incident, which we'll come to in a second. But but yeah, all these things do annoy me as a slightly old-fashioned. I just say uh, I haven't uh, been to a, a party in a white hat since uh, that that McDonald's party I had um, when I was about seven. But Andy, yeah. what would happen to Neymar in the Scottish Premier League if ever he went in football? <sighs> I mean, that's, that's a good question. If, I think, you, if you went, I think he showed pink I think hair and started doing rainbow flicks over people. I mean, this is not a Scottish football podcast, but Neymar <laughs> did show. He did show when he played for Paris Saint-Germain at Celtic Park uh, just after he signed for PSG that I think he could do a lot of damage against Scottish teams. He, he could probably <laughs> cope, yeah. yeah. The Paul. root of this all is Andy's white shirt went home very dirty yeah. last mm-hmm. night, so he's not a fan of white themed parties. <laughs> you mentioned Kylian Mbappe. If Kylian is allowed to do a rainbow flick, he's allowed to have pink hair, guys. Kylian, Bottom line. Kylian, Neymar. No, Neymar. Oh. Yeah. I've got no problem with it. No. You know, have whatever hair well, he wants. Nicolas had pink hair, didn't he, after Montpellier won the, won the title in 2012? So exactly. that's the one thing exactly. that Louis Nicolas yeah. and Neymar will have in common. Did you see the, the photo of uh, Paredes, the Montpellier president. Paredes and yeah. Neymar in the dressing room after the game with Andy Delors' match shirt, yeah. which they both signed saying, yeah, here's a, here's a, a message hug for, for our, our friend. friend. Yeah. I think sometimes, I mean, yeah, sometimes <laughs> when you are that much better than your opponent, you can tone it down a bit, but... Yeah, I mean, out on the pitch. If not, that's how Neymar plays. It's how he's always played. I have also absolutely and do you no understand problem with the it. intensity of what happens out on a football pitch. It may be five nil against ten yeah. men against nine men later I on, th- but Montpellier are there to cause you problems, uh, not yeah. physically intimidate you or hurt you. But a football match is incredibly physical. I know. I know you want to. I know you want to talk about something else, but I think I think Armel. Uh, you know, you think you, what you were trying to say perhaps is that um, you go to a game of football, and I want. Personally, I want to see a game of football. Unless it's my team, I want to see a game of football. And you go to the Parc des Princes and you don't see a game of football. You see, you see things like that. That's what catches your eye because away teams come there and capitulate effectively. You very rarely see anything else. And in Montpellier's case, they capitulated. The goalkeeper sent off 17 minutes in. They were already behind and, 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 and it went even worse from there. But yeah, you want to see a game of football and it just turns into this... Neymar show, showboating, getting into uh, problems with the officials, which might be unfair, but ultimately it's not a, a, a contest. I was going to say that in the Super Bowl, um, people don't just go to watch the, uh, the action. There was Shakira, I think, in concert halftime. Maybe, maybe that's something to think about um, in, in the coming weeks. But listen, yeah. they don't do that at every we are, we, We're today. going to talk about Killian. Um, mm. We are also going to talk about some, some of the action as well in PSG Montpellier, because I want to, to ask you about Sarabia and his performance alongside Kylian Mbappe, but the headlines really were more about Kylian than about Neymar because when he was substituted late on by Thomas Tuchel, he did not take it well at all. He went off in a huff. Thomas Tuchel perhaps made the mistake of trying to talk to him at this point when he was absolutely furious. So we had one of these stupid discussions where you've got the manager and the player putting their hands over their mouth and I'm not sure they could hear or understand each other. But Mbappe was furious. He... um ignored the uh, the kit man or one of the uh, members of staff who was holding a coat for him, which didn't, you know, it didn't look very good, didn't look very respectful. He went and sat down in a big, big huff. You know, this is a game you're winning 5-0. Mm. Mbappe's already scored. It's the third time this season he's made a fuss about being taken off. Um, later on that evening, now Robbie says that, you know, we shouldn't worry about this sort of thing, but he made um, more headlines by, by liking... 
posts on Instagram by certain Real Madrid uh, players, French players, um, <laughs> who had just beaten Atletico Madrid. And we know he's a big, uh, big fan of Real Madrid. We know Real Madrid had a dream. You know, he must be well aware that by doing that, by clicking that little like button, he's going to create a bit, a, a bit of friction. And, you know, I'm going to put it to you guys. Is this all very unhelpful with the, the key part of PSG's season coming in the coming weeks? Yes. It needs a bit of punishment. Well, Andy, you're scoffing. You're, you're, you're making oh, out I've said something no. really stupid. But the no, last no, no, few no, years... No, no, it's a good question. It's a valid question. You can I, say I'm stupid. I, the last few years, we've had this circus every yeah, time. No, what, yeah, but I, I, I think that uh, when you talk about the game against Borussia Dortmund coming up, I think there are, there are specific footballing reasons, which we can maybe come back to, why they might want to be worried rather than the thing with Mbappe. Well, you say, yeah, maybe, maybe. But, you know, what happens in a dressing room is, is, important. is, is, is important. Edinson Cavani is a Paris Saint-Germain legend. And what, what I find interesting when he's going off, because, um, again, I only saw highlights of this game, but you can hear the, the, the part de Prince all chanting Cavani's name. And, mm. you know, you, you, yes, Mbappe doesn't like us talking about his age, but he's 21. He's played a huge number of matches. He needs to get off that pitch and sit down. He needs a good, a good smack from his dad. It seems like a few years that he hasn't... No, hasn't. no, we don't do that anymore. But Didier Deschamps, the France manager, did say if he played in my time, he would have had a few clack. Yeah, Alan Pardew would have probably nutted him when, rather than tried to talk to him <laughs> when he came off there. And I, I don't think it would have been you such look, a bad we're, thing. We're hammering the boy. We're being mm. a bit hard on him. It, it, it's also his character. It's also what makes him special. He wants to be on the pitch all the time. He wants to score more and more goals. He wants to break as many records as possible. But... It's not a good look. And Thomas no, Tuchel actually, I think that's yeah. Thomas Tuchel said it, Robbie. So yeah. it's, not, it's not just us. Thomas Tuchel said, it's going to make people talk about how we have this problem with the spirit and it's not the case. Exactly. But I think that's the, that's the point is that it's not a good look. That's what Thomas Tuchel said. It's, it's not a good look. He knows that everyone's going to jump on that, that people are going to try and use that as a, a, to make headlines. And fair enough. But Killian, and we've just said it, is a 21-year-old. He's a World Cup winner. He wants to be considered like Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, who are never taken off in matches. He thinks that's his ultimate goal. He's got to be there. And even if it's subconsciously, he takes all this on board. He wants to be top scorer. He's second top scorer in the league at the moment. He wants to be important to his team at all times. And he doesn't see the fact that you're 5-0 up, this that you've played, this is your 10th match since the turn of the year, that the coach is trying to rest you. There's nothing more at stake competitively in this game. And you've got big matches coming up. You've on got Tuesday. Nantes game on away Tuesday. on yeah. Tuesday. Then you've got another match. Then you've got a, a semi-quarterfinal of the Coupe de France. Then you've got Champions League football and all of this. And you, you've got to... But in the heat of the battle, Killian doesn't yet have that recul, uh-huh. as we say in French, to step back and just look at it coolly. And, and that's what the coach is there for. Yes. He should accept the coach's decision. But I think there's a lot going on in his head, especially when he's on the football pitch playing and he wants to be number one. He wants to be the top dog. You can, be number, you can want to be number one, but it is a team game. And that's what Tuchel was alluding but to. But all players M- have Mbappe this- should not be obsessed with who, comes, who finishes as a top scorer. Uh, you know, he needs to play as football. It will come. And Thomas Tuchel made the point by saying, we're, we're playing football. This isn't tennis. Yes, but so maybe when, when he's 29, he'll be the model... Of, of respect and everything on the football pitch for now he's a tear away he's a 21 year old who's a superb footballer but he's not and though. let him just express himself he's, he's been a model for years he's, he's been mm. a model since the moment he appeared on the scene and, and this, it's actually getting is... it's actually getting worse because well, yeah you know because when he was 17 18 he was actually very 
um, mod- modest and unassuming, I would say, and less obsessed with the goal. He, he actually admitted that in a very interesting interview, saying that it's a question of seniority. And when I was in my first season at PSG, I wanted to, to, to serve Neymar and Cavani because I was the junior figure. And he obviously sees himself as the senior figure now. And that ability that you mentioned to take a step back, you hear him interviewed three minutes after the end of the game. He's already taken 26 steps back. I don't, I don't know what it is, but he seems to just be... He's got, he's got a brat side to him, which is probably understandable when you're earning that much money at age 21. But he needs to be able to control it. And that's why I think PSG need to go through his dad, who has mentored him his whole life. And if they sort of let that slip whilst he's still a youngster, then I think there's, there's trouble well, brewing. Well, it's funny, but his dad, I seem to remember, after that breakthrough season where Monaco won the league, about halfway through that year, his dad is the front page of L'Equipe saying, Monaco lied to us, Killian should play more. And that's when he was a 17-year-old mm. in that Monaco side. And he'd only played a handful of matches. Because if you remember, oh, it's been, yeah, it was it's been from January it where Killian burst onto the scene there. And, and you know, it, maybe it's a family history. The, the Mbappe family I mean, even, think that they're the ones. even going before that, Robbie, when he was 14 at Monaco and he'd been, pr- he'd been promised to play in the under-17s, yeah. it would be... Really interesting if, if there was a book coming out on this sometime in, in, in the next few months. We'll, 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 I wouldn't read that. You wouldn't read that. Let's, um, <laughs> I, just before, we have talked a lot about private PSG. Jokes, private jokes going on here. We have talked about, well, there might be news about a book coming out soon. Nice against Leon. We will talk about Nice against Leon. But before we move on, Armel, yeah. PSG with Sarabia playing as a second striker. We, we, we mentioned, or I mentioned that Icardi was becoming a problem. Four goals, four games without a goal. Everybody told me to, to, to be quiet. But we, we see that Tuchel is trying different um, alternatives, different uh, combinations in attack. And it was, uh, it was Mbappe with, um, what's his name? Sarabia. Sar- Sarabia. Sarabia. Is, yeah. is that something that he might consider? Sarabia's got eight goals, by the way, um, in his last 12 matches. Four in his last five, anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's nice to see that he deserves his chance after his recent performances and he's getting his chance, which is a, a healthy thing to happen in a team despite the, the, the star names that Thomas Tuchel has at his disposal. And, OK, as the game grew on, Neymar stole the show. But in that first half, Pablo Sarabia was absolutely brilliant. And I think it's, it's wonderful for PSG to have an option who, may, I might be wrong here, I don't know the guy, but seems like less of an ego to manage. Um, than, I think you're right. than perhaps those four. And I've no doubt that when he signed for PSG, they sold the project to him as he would be a starter. But he's, he's fighting his way into, into that starting lineup and he's doing brilliantly. And he can't, I mean, he, even if he's not scoring, he will contribute, won't he? Which, Absolutely. Which Icardi might not. I, th- I think it would be naive to think, if you're talking about egos, that Pablo Sarabia is quite happy to be on the bench. Most of the time. I don't think that's the case. I think he mm. wants to play. He's a Spain international now, regular Spain international. He wants to be playing. For me, more than the question of personnel, because honestly, if you look at it from a sporting point of view, you have a squad of 25 players. All players should be available. All players should play. The coach has to make his choices. For me, the interesting thing about playing Pablo Sarabia alongside Kylian Mbappe or just sort of running around him in attack, but also playing as a second striker is that hopefully we can stop all this debate about the 4-4-2 v the 4-3-3. That's three months now that Paris Saint-Germain have been playing this way. I promise you that they would be mad to change or to try and change back to a 4-3-3 for the Borussia Dortmund match. They have been playing this way. They have been fine-tuning this system 
You can't Fair change enough. it now. Fair Three enough. months at 442 and everyone, all the uh, journalists, everyone around, my own- Andy Scott's all saying, but the 442 is not defensive enough against Champions League. You can't change yeah, now Sarabia, because you don't have, does you give don't it have a slightly more defensive element because he can drop off and will contribute more in midfield. So I the point that I made last week, I, I sp- would say, yeah, but what does Di Maria know? Well, he, Go, he, is, there, he is one of the players in the 442. <laughs> and I spoke to him after the match because we'd spoke, I'd spoken to Thomas Tuchel and about Di Maria's role in this 442. And Thomas Tuchel said, everyone has to defend. Di Maria often does too much. He defends more for the likes of Neymar and Mbappe, and Icardi, he comes deeper. And so I asked the question to Di Maria after the game against Montpellier, and he said he considered himself one of the, alongside Marco Verratti and Idrissa Gay in midfield, and he said, we have players like Eddie, Pablo, Mauro, Kylian, Ney, who can score the goals. That means me, Leo, Marco, and Idrissa, or Ghana, as they call him, has to do the defensive duties. So the balance Who's is Leo? there if you messy? see it in your mentality. Is Leo? Sorry, is you're, you're going Leo. with names here. Leo. Leandro Paredes. Paredes. Oh, sorry, Leo. Yeah. Is he referring to all those air slide tackles that he's made? <laughs> made <laughs> they are impressive, isn't it? Well, Robbie, I, I mean, wouldn't you know, Marco Verratti should be your tackling model, but clearly for Angel Di <laughs> Maria. It's interesting what that. Angel Di Maria told you. I spoke to my missus after the game, and she said she'd rather Cavani played up top. So, you know, I, I think everybody has views. Everybody has views. Would prefer Maro Cardi. Let's move on, Rob. Let's move on. Um... I was going to say, just before we move on, it is difficult with Cat Fantastic. If, like, for example, we talk about egos in this room, there are, there are a few, and we, we do have the Cat Fantastic. And Sarabia, in many ways, is a bit like the David Cross and who's, who, who's trying to break in. But our, our Thomas Tuchel, Ian Holyman, is a, is a hard man. So we'll see. We'll see which Cat Fantastic we get next week.